Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome.
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you are a veteran and you are struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'd be a burden to someone in your circle or you're embarrassed to talk to someone that's within your family or your inner circle, call the anonymous 1-800 number at 1-800-273-8255 and press option one. They will answer the phone. They will talk to you. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary issue. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. This includes the Military Broadcast Radio app. On that, on that app, you'll be able to check out our family of shows, all hosted by veterans, all great shows, all great people. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. This will keep you up to date with our latest news episodes and, of course, the stories of our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is the founder and president of Noasis, a nonprofit that is dedicated to human education and the elimination of perpetual conflict. He comes from a family of nine, spent his early years at William Penn Charter School in Philly. He then moved to Chicago to attend Lake Forest College and credits his liberal arts education as the catalyst for his interest in existential philosophy. He spent most of his career in the financial services industry, but continually found himself drawn back to the study of humankind. In 2019, he established Noasis and created a series of educational videos to explain this concept of the human injury and how primitive instincts drive today's human interactions. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Tony Wall. Welcome, Tony. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Outstanding. Uh, coming from the from the Philly area, I was born and raised in New Jersey, so I'm a Giants fan. I don't know if you're an Eagles fan by any means, but let's not hold that against each other as we start going here. <laughs> it's two rabid fan bases, and uh, I left there a long time ago, but I'm still a big Giants fan. I'm a long-suffering Eagles fan. Uh, you know, a, a squirrel, a blind squirrel found a nut a couple of years ago when we got a Super Bowl. <laughs> it'd been like 50 years before that. So I'm with you there. Yes, sir. Uh, if you don't mind, Tony, tell us a little bit about your backstory that I didn't, I didn't just introduce and uh, up as far back as you want to go to where we are now and how all this started for you. Thank you. Uh, when you say how, how all this started, I'll, I'll put in place for listeners that, you know, you're asking how Noesis started. Noesis yes, uh, is a Noesis is a nonprofit organization dedicated to human sustainability, specifically by examining the uh, evolutionary timeline of the human species uh, to learn about the totality and the immensity of evolutionary um, uh, influence upon modern behavior. So that's that's what we do. So you're asking, how did I get here? Well, um, I, I have a terrific story. I mean, I'm a lucky, very, very, very lucky person. We um, came from the western suburbs of Philly, had a, an idyllic childhood. Um, you know, my Irish Catholic, um, Grew up in a wonderful neighborhood of you know, small colonial homes that all looked the same. Um, had terrific, terrific friends right out of the uh, uh, Lean on Me movie. If you, it, It's kind of exactly like that. And uh, I had tremendous educational opportunities. So I, I consider myself, I look back at my life as being one of very great fortune. 
Um, I credit, I always credit those who got me to wherever I went. I always made sure to credit them. Um, and, and this goes back to my interest in philosophy, uh, existential philosophy. I don't want anybody to overthink that. Existential philosophy is just highly deductive at its core. It's a very realistic viewpoint of the world, if you will. Um, but I was always an observer. And to answer your question there, how did I get here? I'm an observer, someone who's able to pull themselves apart from how they feel about something and just observe it uh, and, and ask myself, what's driving this thing I'm observing rather than judging it or blaming it? And it was that activity and that, uh, that what I was always driven back to that made me record my thoughts at some point. And that added up to an ocean of material that now forms noises. So I'm generally an observer and an empath. What I mean by that is when I, you're a military man, may I also add what I said earlier? And that is, is that I know enough about the suffering uh, that goes on with um, military veterans. It, it just breaks my heart, which is what we talked about earlier. So uh, I'm empathic in nature and I am drawn toward helping. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to try to get the human race through an existential crisis into a sustainable future. Okay, that's outstanding. Uh, and uh, this started in 2019, you started in Oasis? Yeah, 2019, we, we, we you know, we, uh, came together. I mean, these ideas have been percolating for, you know, 10 to 15 years uh, in the form of essays and, and, you know, things that, you know, were formed in ocean. Somebody, I shared them with somebody who noticed that there was a, a logical flow and a seamless nature to them and highly realistic. So I was then, um, you know, I was urged to write books or a series of books but I really have the, I would rather help. I think I can help bring influence upon a highly stressed humanity. You know, the book's on the way, but what I did first was spend three years building this nonprofit. We started in 2019, about a year before the pandemic. So that shows that we were always mindful of, of, of human concerns way before the pandemic as opposed to coming out of the pandemic. Um, so here we are ready to go. We're in major fundraising and we are very, I'm humbled by the uh, attention so far. I mean, it's good to get the attention. And like you said, it's good that you started before the world got put into a shaker bottle, shaken up for the last two years. And you were already a year into the process at that point of starting, just getting this nonprofit off the ground. And that, that's a, something most people can't say right now there's a lot of people starting it as we're coming out to try to make things off of the pandemic you made it yeah. for for the entire human race not just those who were affected well, that's a good point i wanted to make we're not that's called a cottage industry you know something happens and people create industries that come off it and you know what there's we're not here to judge that right we're only here to say that we human concerns for sustainability into sustainability uh, were something that were in place way before pandemic. 
Um, and we are focused, again, on the, on the past of humanity as opposed to what's in the future. Right. Uh, we are identifying evolutionary triggers for all modern human behavior to deduce whether or not they have utility in a modern day. So that's what we do. What uh, made you go come up with the term Oasis? And what does it mean? And why did you use that as your the name of your organization? Uh, the word Oasis is a Greek word um, that uh, that means um, kind of a fusion of intelligence and understanding. Um, if is there intelligence here? Uh, I say that yes, there's, there most certainly is, or you won't stay. Let me put it that way. Um, we are fact-based. Um, we do not meander into theory because uh, stressed humanity, we feel, no longer has the luxury of theory. Uh, we need some answers about you know, we, we, we look around and when we all see the same thing. We, we see a degradation, which is fair. You know, it, we just, we put it in a very fair way. Um, human beings all come from the same place. So politics doesn't even come up here. Not that we wouldn't discuss it, but it just doesn't even come up. Uh, all humans are the same and we come from the same place. And one of the central assumptions here is that we evolved on earth and in a process not well understood, but one we can all agree that we are in fact here, we exist. Um, so whatever, how we got here, whatever people want to assign to that, whether it be divinity or science, it's all good to us. We all agree that we are here and that we are a species in crisis. Another fair way to put it. Yeah, very fair way to put um, it. So we are trying to unite human beings in a place that we can unite. And that would be under species preservation. So uh, we can't unite politically. Of course not. We can't unite culturally. We're not ready. We can't unite religiously. Certainly not. Uh, and again, politically, we can't. So where can we unite? Well, you're, you're a veteran, you know this. Human beings unite under common enemies. It's all through history. Is the end of our remarkable species one we may invite? We're not alarmists here, we're, we're, we're scientists. Is the end of our remarkable uh, uh, species not common enough of a crisis? We're going to find out. Yeah. All that's a, like you said, a, in, in the military, we, we go by a few things. The enemy of our enemy is our friend. The friend of our enemy is our enemy. And uh, no matter where we go, you have to go with that same mindset. Uh, in Afghanistan, you never knew who your friend was. So you know whose side they were on each day, depending on who paid them that day is whose friends they were. So it's hard to build those relationships or cross that cultural boundary without being a part of the culture itself in the first place. But once you take those, uh, variables out like the, the culture, the religion, the politics, and just see each other as people, as if people, it's a lot easier to get along with people. Well, that's a great, terrific segue into the following. It occurred to me a long time ago, I go back to being an observer. 
a macro humanist observer. What do I mean macro? Well, a micro humanist relationship is one between a therapist and a patient. So what is macro? Macro humanist is the study of human groups, anywhere from a small group up all the way up to countries because of an observation I made long ago, and that is that the behavior of any individual is not predictable in any way, but the behavior of human groups is precisely predictable. Um, we fail in very eerily precise fashion. Um, so that was what I was drawn to. And because of that, I felt like I could determine what was driving modern behavior and that it was likely rooted in unresolved evolutionary baggage. So that, that's a gift that keeps on giving because um, it turns out that you know, we have 200,000 generations of human beings that came before us and that weighs on our present moments, not a hard sell. Uh, so we're fighting our own biology. You know, we're fighting ourselves to, in a time when we must find sustainability, we're in perpetual conflict instead. And the reason we are is now knowable. It's knowable how we got this way. And it's not who we are. Um, you're going to ask, how did we get this way? And I'm going to give you the nickel tour because we don't have time. I understand. Um, uh, human beings in their evolutionary journey, we, we moved around the world in collaborative, co cooperative packs. We had to do that or we died. Um, and you, and this kind of correlates with the military chain of command. It was one where you, you collaborated or, or, or you, you stood a chance to die. Uh, so when we got to about 10,000 years ago, uh, we had reached all areas of the globe in our journey. And we settled down into larger and larger populations. And when we did that, we took up behaviors of acquisition our financial meritocracy, it was natural, it was random. You don't see, you don't hear any judgment, you don't hear any blame. Um, and the dynamics of large populations that were stationary versus migrating human beings were so different that human DNA would be insulted by the creation of greater and lesser beings within a uh, within an acquisitive meritocracy um so it it broke our hearts in 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 a certain way it kind of broke our hearts in a clinical dna way we didn't realize what being lesser meant so let me make a very broad statement and you'll understand it show me a diminished human being and i'll show you a, a situation that's going to eventually collapse if it's not managed. Um, if we diminish another human being, they will, uh, when, when we did that 10,000 years ago, made somebody a lesser being and somebody greater beings, a lesser being always felt resentment for the first time. Resentment then defaulted to vengeance. And then vengeance always defaults to insurgency, which is certainly a term you're familiar with. Conflict from without and conflict from within. Um, 
so perpetual conflict has adorned the top of the tombstone for all major human cultures that existed after that, that were stationary in nature, as opposed to wandering the globe, if you get what I mean. So that was check for us and checkmate, check. Uh, we remain that way. We remain locked in perpetual conflict for knowable reasons. Uh, um, you'll, if you, if you, you see a conflict, you're going to see a diminished human being. Just show me any conflict and I'll pick one out for you. And that will collapse the system if we don't get it under control. So the first thing to do is to understand what we're looking at without judgment or blame of any kind. How did we get here? And it'll take a century of education to unwind what took 10,000 years to develop. If you understand what I'm saying. Yes, sir. I understand that. And if, uh, if we don't start uh, understanding what happened in the past, it, our sustainability as humans will be hard. And I know that's part of what, what Oasis is trying to do is develop an education base to build that sustainability. How, do you, how many generations do you think it'll take to start that general, the sustainability to actually become a reality? Uh, well, I want, to, uh, I want to compliment you for that question. Uh, you, you, people ask me great questions, but you're one of few who said, what is gonna, what's this going to look like? Uh, so when we sat down to determine what would this look like, where do you start? First thing, let's, let's acknowledge that. Where do you start? Right. Well, it, the first thing you do is what's not doable. So if we roll out something that's not doable, you're going to know it fast and you're going to hit the exits and I may be right behind you because we don't bring value. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask human beings to notice what I just told you, to notice it, to look at things in ways we never have before. The idea that perpetual conflict is something that we were kind of like swept into as opposed to decided upon. So we're not moving along more, we're actually being swept along by a game that we didn't wish to play, but we really can't extract ourselves from it. So that's why we come and say, hey, let's understand this thing, not try to change it, here to change anything. Nobody's going to give up what they do. Nobody's going to give up their cherished beliefs. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to get human beings to understand that we are clinical brothers and sisters. We did, in fact, come from the same place. That's no longer a conjecture. That place is the Central African Plains, the African Congo Basin, ground zero for humanity. So, uh, now we're in conflict, a conflict. So humans in conflict is not natural. Um, yet uh, we were set at one another's throats when, when greater and, and lesser beings were created. Nobody got together and said, let's ruin the whole human race. There's no blame here. Um, if we come to understand that, we will perhaps move away from self-loathing which is a place I reasonably think we've arrived at as a whole body of humanity. Self-loathing, like we've been bad boys and girls. 
Well, no, not really. Who we are at heart are love, very loving, collaborative, assist and be assisted. That's what you want. You want to assist and you want to be assisted. That's when you feel at home. That's because your DNA is talking to you. That's who we are. But we were swept into a game where lesser beings would be created and lesser beings would go on to collapse those systems. So it's knowable and it's not our fault. So we can move away from self-loathing all the way to cherishing our cosmic rarity, valuing ourselves enough to preserve ourselves. A suicidal species has nothing to preserve. But if we come to understand that we're innocent, now we can view ourselves with empathy and preserve ourselves. It'll take a long time. Sure will. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, your project is a, a stepping stone to this and to help people out. Uh, for the listeners, how can they increase their education? Uh, how can they understand the ways it's better? And how can they get involved? Thank you. Uh, we are, I'm going to say this uh, because it, it kind of shocks me. We are uh, the first nonprofit of our kind in the world that's dedicated to human sustainability strictly by examining the evolutionary timeline of our species, something that's, there's a rich, rich, it's so richly detailed now. So uh, noesisproject.com is our website and you will, oh, you will find, uh, you know, you will find an ocean of material there. It's already, that's 10 years in the making. Uh, there's a standard of quality there, we believe, and uh, there's intelligence there. Uh, if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna ask an entire world to bond under a common enemy, the, the mortality of our species is vaguely visible which again, we find to be a reasonable thing to say. When that's reasonable, I think we better get busy. Uh, Luisa'sProject.com, you know, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we're gonna unite the entire human species under a banner of species preservation that's now only forming. These other three things, economically, politically, religiously, no, no. Why would we attempt what's not doable? But all humans can now say, between me and you, the guy makes a point. Maybe we should survive in order to, to carry on our beliefs. Um, so this, there's a sobriety here, as opposed to some type of a, a Pollyanna uh, naive thing going on. We think that what is, looks so unreachable is in fact reachable. Definitely. And uh, you spoke earlier about your forthcoming book. Uh, is that what's the title of that going to be? And when do you expect that to come out? Uh, thank you. Um, I want to make a, a point. It, I was asked to write book, a series of books a long, long time ago, but it, it was my decision to build this actionable vehicle to achieve escape velocity, hopefully while I'm alive, to have influence upon the, the a human trajectory that's troubling. Again, notice how reasonable that is uh, a troubling trajectory so this actionable group is built so it's a long time to do it uh, there's a standard of quality here now the book is it's time for the book 
the book it will will discuss the human injury when acquisition pardon me when collaboration yielded slowly to acquisition and when the human heart was broken by that crossover random event um, now that we can see the evolutionary timeline with great clarity once you see the human injury you can't unsee it it's only lately that we've been able to understand it in great detail the idea that human dna was insulted we didn't know what we, we didn't know how to be lesser because we were always necessary and equal so I'm describing it a biological insult rather than somebody doing something wrong to someone. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, we start the same model over and over again. Why? Because we could never understand what we can now. And that is the evolutionary triggers for all modern behavior. And we can determine how they reinvented in the modern day. And we can deduce their uselessness and move in another direction. We will need to outthink ourselves to reach a sustainable future because we're, we're fighting 200,000 generations of evolutionary baggage. So it's a very uh, caring um, thing at the center of what we do. We are here for remedy and hope. We're a friend and it'll take a little while for people to understand that. Definitely will, yes. And uh, hopefully in our lifetime, we can see the, the click start to then click the right buttons and start to actually understand what you're saying and see that it's more sustainable to not be at conflict and be at peace with each other and understand that you might have disagreements, but you can talk your way through it and actually live a happier life. Well, uh, I, I know that we don't only have limited time, but you know what's amazing? I want to compliment you. you you seem to have a logical flow from one point to the next. And what you just said, there has to be a long period of time of education, uh, world education to, ex to teach human beings about who we are. Now, how did we get here? It's so knowable now. It would require decades and decades to shift human thought in the water like an aircraft carrier, not a speedboat. Um, anything that we put into place that we expect to suddenly change, it doesn't work that way. And I don't even need to explain that to you. It just doesn't work that way. Human thought has to do a seismic shift. It, it, many of the people who will make these decisions aren't born yet. Um, this is for the children. You know, I... I I look at my own children and I want them to see their father go down swinging against rather than surrender to something that we may not be able to return from if we continue along this path. Again, a reasonable way to put it. Very, very good way to put it. And Tony, how, how does someone get in contact with you to have you on their show or to have you come speak to maybe a, a, a group of people that, are, that want to learn more about you? Well, I want to tell you that I'm a very accessible man. Um, I am a retired gentleman who is doing anything but retiring. I mean, how many rounds of golf can you play? You know what I'm saying? So uh, 
uh, you know, I am very, very accessible and I am will make myself available to, uh, you know, this is about one conversation at a time, one group at a time. Uh, people understanding that we're strangers. Humans don't like strangers at first. I get it. And the more we can get out there and make people understand that we're a friend, I need to get out there. And that's what I intend to do. Um, so I'm available uh, for anybody that wants me to speak to a group. Uh, certainly, we're doing a lot of podcasts. We've got webinar series coming up. Podcasts have been suggested. We've got a lot of problems. We are very humbled by the immensity of the attention so far. It seems like there's a timeliness to it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think this subject uh, works well with uh, what the world's gone through in the last uh, the two years, like I said earlier, in Shaker Bottle and what we're seeing around the world today uh, going on right in front of us. And uh, I think uh, if people start to realize what they can do to maybe prevent this from happening to future generations or have the future generations stop it, it'd be great. Uh, Tony, thanks for taking some of your time tonight to share your story and uh, tell us about Noasis and everything you're doing there. It's a great organization. Uh, if you want to more, learn more about it, go to Noasis' uh, website. Uh, Tony told you earlier, I'll put in the show notes noasisproject.com and uh, learn more about Tony and you can book them there and you can see there's an awesome video at the beginning of that. I didn't bring it up so we didn't have a lot of time, but there's an awesome video on there you can look at and learn a lot more about Noasis. Thanks, Tony. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it.
Know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up and comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.